In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, every black film ever made. I am Vincent Williams of It's All Soul, Wednesdays 8 to 10, and I'm joined as always by... Yo, what's up, Holly? your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And on this episode, we travel back to my favorite decade, mm. the 70s. And we are, this is our first film with one of the most iconic figures from this decade. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you like that, right? Mm-hmm. You like that, right? Yeah, I like but that. that's I actually, what you did there. I mean, but that's part of, of the critique. One of the most iconic figures of this decade, Miss <laughs> Pam Greer. And I would argue her finest film from this period, Coffee. Coffee. But... Before we get to coffee, I think we, we have a little business. Uh, we do Webb. have a little business, and we got like a little mini review that we have to give people. But first and foremost, we've been away for a little bit. We took last week off. Yes. We didn't uh, take it off. I don't like that language. Like, we didn't take it off. Okay. Because, like, what were we doing? Or, like, what were you doing? And then I did it later. Um, I, was, I, was with, I was working, and I was with my grandson. What was I doing? I don't remember. <laughs> I thought you were at, at the Wonder Woman. I was at Wonder screening. Woman. Yes, I was at Wonder Woman. Yeah, so you know, yeah, I was. I, yeah, I took it off because I had um, a press passes to go see Wonder Woman. Um, right. Early, so I went to see Wonder Woman, and then you saw and it, and then I saw it that weekend with my daughter. I didn't go with the conglomerate of tribbles of, of tribbles because yes. I wanted to see it with my little girl. And, Oh, that's sweet. Well, you know. That's very precious. And we'll talk about exactly what we thought about Wonder Woman in a moment, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. But first, as always, we like to uh, get into the feedback that we've gotten from each and every one of you. We thank each and every one of you for your feedback to the Michelle Mission, including on iTunes, where we love to get rankings and ratings. Absolutely. People find the show. Please, please tell a friend, tell a neighbor. Chi-Town Mindy. All right. Gave us a five-star review on iTunes. Oh, thank you, Chi-Town Mindy. She says it's about time. Oh, all right. I love movies and love movie podcasts, but do get frustrated that many of the same movies are reviewed over and over again. The Michelle Mission remedies this through its mission of covering every black movie ever made. The hosts have fabulous, entertaining discussions about black cinema, covering Oscar Michelle, black exploitation, and Tyler Perry films. It's part of the mission, so don't hate them for this. <laughs> the podcast has introduced me to films 
I may have missed, as well as giving me an excuse to revisit films I love. Highly recommend this podcast. Oh, thank you, Chi-Town Mindy. We greatly appreciate absolutely, that. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much. And thank you for um, taking the time to find us. I yes. am a lover of movie podcasts as well. Yes. Um, and it, you know... It's nice to know that there are other lovers of movie podcasts that find our little show. Yes, yes, yes. And check us out. And uh, we appreciate everyone that goes on to iTunes. If you leave us a review, that's great. If you just give us a, a ranking, uh, a rating of the five star, five stars, that's great as well. The more that we get, the more that it uh, raises our profiles within iTunes and more and more people um, that are looking for movie podcasts w- are more likely to run across the Michelle mission yes. and become yes. another one of our lovely and beloved Michelle missionaries. Yes. So please spread the word. Please do. Um, we have people follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Thank you. I put out there on Instagram uh, our question of the day uh, a while ago was what black film in any genre mm-hmm. do you want to see made? Arson, the voice of reason, said he wants to see the origin of Lando Calrissian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Made into a movie. I think they're going to try and sneak that into, into the, the hand solo. solo movie. Yeah. Yeah. I had mentioned that I wanted to see an adaptation of Binti by Nettie Okafor. Oh. O- o- yeah, Okafor. I, I think I'm pronouncing her, her last name correctly. Um, and uh, that actually was uh, championed by Jared Axelrod at Planet X, who said an adaptation of Binti would be amazing. Okay. All right. And that's definitely a sci-fi novel and sequel that is just begging to be made into uh, either a feature film or maybe even a TV series. Maybe even a TV. We're fans of the TV series. Much like the uh, novel by Matt Ruff, Lovecraft Country. Yeah. 2016 dark fantasy horror novel. Actually, want to read that this summer. Really? Yeah, it's on my list. That and Underground Railroad. Like, I'm just going to read all the black novels that they're going to make television shows out of. <laughs> well, they already made Underground Railroad. Into- no, no. The the, oh, so the, the, the TV the series? Colson, the Colson Whitehead Underground oh, Railroad. Okay. That's the fantasy right, novel. Right, yeah. right, right, right. That's right, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that's already been being made? They are. I think that got option for HBO as well. Wow. Because yeah. I know that Lovecraft Country is being optioned for a series... <clears throat> By uh, HBO, that's going to be executive produced by Jordan Peele and J.J. Yes. Abrams. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's going to be with Misha Gray as the showrunner. Yeah. Uh, it's a horror fiction of H.P. Lovecraft and racism in the United States during the era of Jim Crow as experienced by black science fiction fan Atticus Turner and his family. Yes. Yes. It sounds like it's going to be really good. Sounds like it can really be dope. real good. Sounds like it's, it's actually probably a dope book. I'm just not mm-hmm. a reader of books like that. Okay. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a purely comic book and autobiography. Sure, sure, sure. Guy. But I, I. You like what you like. I like what I like. And mm-hmm. I'm just not going to front and say I'm going to read it. Right. But even though I did read Binti and I loved it. Right, right. But Binti was small. And I said, like, I can read this. And then I read it in a day. And I right, loved it. right. But uh, Lovecraft Country, that sounds pretty dope. And I'm looking forward to uh, checking that out on HBO. Yes. Uh, let's see. What else did we have? We had a few people hit us up and um, 
talk about the the movies that they wanted to see made. Let me just pull up our little hashtag that we created for this, which is hashtag MMOD. The Mayor Triple, Dan Dinkins. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's kind of joking. Uh, in response to a black film in any genre that he wants to see made, he said a remake of Petey Wheatstraw. Petey Wheatstraw, The Devil's Son-in-Law. Yeah. I don't know if you can improve on perfection. You think that was perfection? I'm joking. Because <laughs> you know it's Rudy Ray Moore. Yes, I'm actually messing with you. I know. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Okay. Um, Stephanie Ray Glass of, Practic- of Practitioners TV said, does three parts dead by Max Gladstone count? I have no idea what that is. I have no idea about that either. But I like well, it. Well, I guess maybe it's a book that she wants to right, see. Right, right. She made into a movie. Okay, all right. And Arsene, the voice of reason, also, along with the origin of Lando Calrissian, wants to see the Shaft origin series made into a movie. Boy, I've been arguing for that for like a year. That was the um, the comic that was yeah, done by. Yeah. It's funny. I, I listened to our Cleopatra Jones episode to prepare for tonight, and, and we were talking about the Shaft. The David Brothers Shaft series, then as well. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah, that's that. That would be fantastic. Oh yeah, that that would be pretty dope. And, and, and I'm trying to. I'm drawing a blank on the guy that wrote the book. It was uh, David um, that wrote the comic. Yeah, David. Um, I'm saying David Brothers. It's David. Um, David. Just... No, no, no. It's it's it's, it's the brother. See, I'm calling him brother. It's the brother that um, just finished writing. He's writing Luke Cage now. I know. I know David Walker. David Walker. David Walker. I had to. I had to bring it to mind. Yeah. I, I, it took me a while, but I brought it to mind. He also wrote that great Nighthawk comic series. That the very first issue, I said, "Oh, there's no way this this might get canceled right now in the middle of me reading it." And it only went six issues. Nighthawk versus corrupt policemen in Chicago. I said, "Ooh, boy." <laughs> Let me go ahead and grab this. Yeah, and it, and it did not last long. No, no, no. Six issues, and they threw out a trade. Unfortunately, a couple of the comics have dropped off because didn't um, I think uh, Black Panther and the crew that got canceled. yeah that got canceled by the second issue as well yeah that was which is what happened to the original run of the crew so it's like a tradition very true it's a tradition yes unlike any other yeah. <laughs> it, uh, issue and a half well maybe they can put together the two and then you've got a <laughs> you got twelve issues you got to trade you know you wouldn't even have twelve issues I know just, I know you wouldn't even have three issues I actually think they and, and we're getting into comic woods weeds now but but I think they folded that first crew series into one of the Black Panther okay um traits all right yeah so since we are in the comic book weeds let's um, take that side step into comic book movies okay um the the movie of the moment. Right it, now it, it, is, is, it, is it fair to call it a phenomenon? I don't know. If, I don't know if "phenomena" is is the right word, but it's definitely a hit. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, two hundred and twenty three million dollars worldwide over yes. the weekend. Yes. Yes. Point five million domestically. Wonder yes. Woman, starring Gal Gadot, mm-hmm. um, Chris Pine, Chris Robin Pine. Wright, Connie Nielsen, directed by Patty Jenkins. Directed by Patty Jenkins is. It's not even a question. The best movie that the Warner Brothers DC Comics universe has put out. Yes. In their 
in their shared universe. Yes. So this this counts like the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Yes. Um, it has been a colossal hit. It's already been signed on, of course, as you can imagine, for the sequel. Patty Jenkins is signed on for the sequel. Um, Gal Gadot, we know she's already signed on. We're going to be seeing her in November in the Justice, Justice League, League movie. Oh, you boy. saw it. You took your daughters. To I see did. The movie. How, I did. I'm curious. Before we get into your thoughts about the movie, how does she like the movie? Oh, is she, she a Wonder it. Woman fan? I mean, I guess as the symbol and the okay. icon, like like okay. she's not reading any comic books or anything, mm-hmm. but but like she knows who she is. Okay. Like dare I say, how most American girls know, they know Wonder her, Woman? Like they know who even she if they're is. Not following her, right? When it, way way other. She loved it. Like I looked over at one point and she was doing the the, the bullets and bracelets moves with her arms wow yeah and she's 12 so you know so she's at that point where you know she's a little bit too cool for school Mm -hmm. but yeah she loved it yeah she absolutely loved it it's not it's um it's it's hard not to get swept up in something like that i was listening to a podcast um i was actually listening to the slash film podcast and they were doing their review of wonder woman and someone was talking about how they took their daughter to the movie mm-hmm. and they're at one moment Wonder Woman is um this did something totally, totally badass as she does yes. frequently in this movie. She does a lot of there's a lot of badassery yes. in this movie. Um and she she did something, and and the little girl, and I think he said, said the daughter was like about seven or eight years old. Yeah, like jumped up and was like, "Yes, yeah, oh yeah," and like, but like jumped up in a way that was like very enthusiastic. But he felt like, "Oh, this might be like you know, get on some people's nerves." So he started to reach on her shoulders, like, "Come on, baby, you got to be a little bit more." And like before his hand could hit his shoulder. Everybody else was around him, like yeah, Wonder Woman, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And he said, "Wow, he, he it never made him feel more prouder." Yeah, you know, it, in in a moment. So, um, it, it's hard not to get to get wrapped up in the swell of of women and little girls yeah. that are just so excited about seeing someone that looks like them on the screen. Yeah. Just especially yeah. like, like the opening scene in Themyscira yeah so, I was about to say just just the women in general yeah like I appreciated the Amazons mm-hmm. and you know the full range of races yes. and nationalities and body types and body types yeah like like you could tell Patty Jenkins had a lot to do with this film mm-hmm. like she wasn't just a hired gun as we say sometimes right Right, right, right. So your daughter was a, a very enthusiastic fan of the film. How yes. about yourself? I liked it. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. I actually liked it a lot. I think um, Gail Good- Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot has a lot of personality, a lot of charisma. I think um, she embodied the fish out of water and and that sort of um, altruism, mm-hmm. that like pure altruism that I think has been missing from yes. DC. Yes. Like like you know my my and, and I don't even want to get into the 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 holy wars that is fighting about the Superman movies. Mm-hmm. But in my mind this is what Superman should have been. Yeah. Like you do what's right because it's right. Mm-hmm. Full stop. 
you know, you're not tortured. You're not. Uh, you do what's right because it's right. Mm-hmm. And and I liked it. I mean, you know, it it ran too long. True. You, you know, but um, two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. It was. It, it ran too long. But but it really that really is a quibble. Like by by the time it got to the point where it was running too long, it had garnered so much good feeling you're from me handful. that I was I just rode with it. Right. But yeah, I liked it a lot. I did like it. I um, in my review that we did on Spoiled Tribbles, which you can hear on the Black Tribbles um, feed, uh, I, I admittedly rip into it. Um, Why? Well, I ripped into it for two reasons. One, while I think that Gal Gadot was asked to play naive in this movie mm-hmm. because that's what's the character of Wonder Woman at this time. I thought that there were times where there were times when she was acting naive and then there were times where I thought her acting was a little naive and it was just and, and, All right. and that and that kind of bothered me um, even though for the most part I did think that she was game for it sure um, but the biggest crime to me uh, in that in that film was at the end when seemingly and I and I I, I'm coming along to the argument that you can see this both ways. What seemingly at the end, where she only gathers the strength and the wherewithal to defeat the big bad mm-hmm. because of seeing a guy die. So right, right. But I see what you're the, saying for the love of a guy. Yeah, you know now yeah. she can she can do this. Where yeah. I thought that there was enough reasoning given to her and her character and to the circumstance throughout the film to have bolstered given given her the, the, sure. the oomph that she sure. is. And now it's been argued to me, it was argued to me on Spoiled Tribbles, it's been argued to me in like conversations with other people that they didn't read it necessarily that way. Right. Even though they admitted that you could. Yeah. They read it that, you know, maybe it was just the fact of the selfless nature of man's love, yeah, that that spurred her on, right? Which is how which is how I read it, right? Yeah, and maybe I and and there's a part of me that wants to read it that way, that wants to go with that argument. I think the reason why, and and I I, I lucked on this today. The reason why I don't read it that way is because right then, as she is because. At that moment that this happens, try not to give certain things away. Right, right. Um, at this moment that this happens, I mean, I mean, let's just go ahead and move into spoilers. All right. Well, spoiler. This is your spoiler. This alert. is your spoiler. This spoiler alert for Wonder Woman. Right. All right. right? So stop and fast forward a fast few forward minutes. A couple of minutes. A couple all of minutes. Right. At this moment in the film, she's pinned under, yeah, like steel by the big bad. Right. Um. And she's seeing like you know the, her compatriots being being mowed down and her her one love yes um, flying to his death right Steve Trevor sacrifices himself right. I buy the whole which I thought was great which I thought it was great and I thought Chris Pine was great in this movie I'm a big Chris Pine fan I know you could care less about him I mean he has one gear but I mean if you like that gear well I think he's it's, it's a nice gear. It's a good gear, but go ahead. Anyway, um, and I could I buy the argument about the, the whole selfless acts and everything like that. Except that while she's being pinned there, 
by the big bad and watching that go on. It was at that moment that she remember she, her head now is clear enough that she can uh, in a quick flashback to just a few moments earlier. She hears what Steve had told her right before he flew off. Right. Was that basically like that he loved her? Yes. And I felt like having her hear that right at that moment shifts the the wind beneath her wings into a more romantic notion sure. than I think people actually are saying that they read it as. I think that's fair. But, and I think that's why it, it, that really bothers But even that read, I like it because it is an inversion of what we've seen in countless movies. times. Yes. But, you know, it. I mean, it's, it's, when it's, it's, the, woman it's the old not, joke. You know, this yeah. time it's personal. Yeah. And, and you know, and you, you, you know, you fridge the girlfriend or you mm-hmm. fridge the wife and that gives him the added motivation. Right. To, so even reading it like that. It still kind of works. It still works for me. And then not for nothing. You know, one thing I was wondering about the whole film is how they were going to get Steve off the board. Yeah. Like, what were they going to do with Steve? Tre- like, it's the Steve Trevor problem. Right. And I think every incarnation of Wonder Woman is the Steve Trevor problem. Like Steve Trevor is ultimately not good enough as an ongoing mate for Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And and it doesn't make sense for her to be with him. But why doesn't it? Superman is innately looking for humanity and 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 he's you know the, it's the man part that's important, not the super part. Okay. Lois Lane is his equal. Lois Lane is, you know, sort of this ultimate human. Like everything he loves about humanity is in Lois Lane. Okay. Batman, whether you're talking about um, Talia Al Ghul or you're talking about Catwoman, both have this kind of darkness in them. Right. So you kind of see them working together. Okay. Wonder Woman, quite honestly, I don't see a space for romantic love with Wonder Woman. Like Wonder Woman is a singular person. Hmm. Like, like, like I'm on my own. I'm a paragon of all of these different attributes. I'm doing all of this stuff. And I know we got to give her a mate, especially since if Wonder Woman is by herself and especially on Paradise Island, like, like within moments you start t- thinking about lesbians and we can't have that. Well, man is not necessary for pleasure, as we have learned right, in right. Wonder Woman. Which I thought that was handled very well. Handled very well. Very well. But I never I never really bought the Steve Trevor thing. And then, you know, you start you set it in World War One. Mm-hmm. You know, you kinda establish she's an immortal. So you you know, I was wondering was it gonna end with her and this old wrinkled up man okay. sitting next to her. So then you okay. had that creepy aspect of it. And then you also, with that, then you've got the whole, another, you know, um, comparison to Captain America. Right, right. The petty, Are petty they going to do it like the TV show where she dated him in World War One, or in this case, World War, you know, World War Two on the television show. Right. But then he has a son. That looks in the just pre- like him. That looks just like him. So... I was just happy to get him off the board. Yeah, like, they should never like, be two Lionel Wagner. Like, like just, <laughs> you know, you get one is enough. You get Steve Trevor off the board. Now she's kind of doing her thing. Um, I think that's a fair critique. I don't think it bothered me in the least. Either way, regardless of my my feelings on the movie, 
I wanted the movie to be a, a smash success. And it and is. I am very, very happy that it is. I'm just glad DC got a win. And it is. It is but you're right. It is so much. It's, it's so much better than anything. Did you read the interview with Patty Jenkins where she said that, that, that like, the, the greatest sequence in the film when she get, comes out of the trench? Mm-hmm. Did you read her interview? She said the WB execs didn't want that scene at first. Really? I don't know what kind of morons did they, work did they at say Warner why, Brothers. Why they didn't? Because want she's it? not fighting anybody. Oh wow! Like how are we going to have this sequence? She's fighting bullets. Wow! Like she's not. Fi- I, I I cannot. That's one of the best moments. I in cannot movie. comprehend what these people are thinking about at Warner Brothers, especially when you dig. Because again, again, this speaks to why this movie is so much better and why this movie is what Superman should have been. Her whole motivation for that is they're cutting through the trenches to get someplace else. To save people. To save people. But they're, but they're, going, they're, they're leaving. And she's like, no, these people right here are hurting. Right. You mean to tell me that this no man's land, y'all basically are just standing pat here and like and these people are being put out of their, their homes and y'all can't do anything? Oh, no, 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 no. We're going to do something right now. Right. She gets up there. She doesn't have a plan. No. She's just, but she knows that she... She cannot let walk by. And you said and we're going happened. to do something. She didn't say that. She That's said true. she said I'm going to do something. That's very true. Yes. Now right. y'all are welcome to come, but this I'm I'm out. Right. So. I got to go handle some business. So yeah, wonder what, you know, good stuff. Good stuff. It, there is a, a, a there's a lot to like in this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. There's a lot to like in this movie. I am a huge fan of Robin Wright. Oh my god, Robin Wright. Didn't awesome. even know she was in it. She's she's no no no. I mean, oh, until I saw her, and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. just a good a good movie. And for those who are, and this primarily goes out to one of my black triples, Kennedy, who was was one was down on the casting of Gal Gadot because she doesn't look Amazonian to her, and she is she's not the the most put together woman, but she's certainly not a small woman, right, right. Uh, and she looks very athletic, looks very, she looks imposing enough yes as a princess and a warrior but also just as you spoke in the scenes which are killer on Themyscira you see all shapes sizes colors creeds and um the the entire diaspora of womanhood yes is shown um in all its regalness and beauty and athletic charm Yes. And prowess. Yes. In the the beginning, like the first third of this movie. Absolutely. Um, so they do the Amazons justice and right. I thought so. In this film. I thought you so. Know, that that was that would not that was not a quibble of mine on this film. All right. It was very, very good. All right. All right. All right. All right. Now it's speaking time. of empowered women. Yes. And women who are motivated by injuries to men. Which is in in and of itself is kind of radical. How about we have a little coffee? How about we have a little coffee?
1973's Coffee, written and directed by Jack Hill. Jack Hill, who actually discovered Pam Greer. Discovered Pam Greer. This is, I believe, his third film that he worked with Pam Greer. Um, I know they did uh, Black Mama, White Mama. Yes. And uh, there was another film that I'm not looking right at. I, I start doing this off the cuff. I was so excited. <laughs> I was so excited. Like I had it all up. The big doll house, the big doll house. So it was a big doll house and uh black mama, white mama. But this is really her first starring role. This is the first vehicle where she carries it on her own. According to Jack Hill, appropriately enough, this happened because United artists, the company that put out coffee, had lost the rights to Cleopatra Jones. Yep. And and the the um one of the, the owners of United Artists told Jack Hill, let's go ahead and put together a film to come out before Cleopatra Jones. And it wasn't United Artists, it's American International. I'm sorry, American International. Right. And and Coffee was the result. Mm-hmm. And and you have um Pam Greer playing the title role Coffee. Uh, you have Booker Bradshaw as Howard uh, Brunswick. You have Robert DeCoy as the pimp, King George. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. And then, frankly, there are a plethora of actors that you are, you know, I don't know how familiar. I wasn't familiar with me. Like, I, I recognize Sid Haig's face. Okay. As Omar. But this is. A- I recognize Alan Arbus. As um, Arturo? Yeah, I recognize him from... He played the psychiatrist on many uh, episodes of MASH. Okay, okay. But but this is a cast. This is a, a pretty low-key, kind of um, lo-fi cast. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, 1973's Coffee. As, as you know, I, I like to say when we do the... You know, we've, we've done a few periods few films from this period this is after sweet sweetback this is after superfly this is after shaft so the quote-unquote black exploitation period is in full effect yes lynn this was your choice well uh, um last year for june we did the movies of prince primarily because he had passed away but also right, because right. June is uh, has been set aside as Black Music Month. Yes. Um and I think it's fair to say that we kind of like forgot that we were going to do Black Music. Yeah, Month. we did. Well, I forgot it was June. Yeah. This too. year has flown. It, it so, really is. So, you know. But um I do want to lead off on this one trying to just at least tie it in a little bit with Black Music. Mhm. In that this movie features a soundtrack that is largely produced by Roy Ayers. Yes, yes. Uh, Roy Ayers. Soundtrack did, and score. Yeah. Yeah. And this movie, I'll get to what my feelings on the movie in a second. And I know you like to always sing the the theme song. Coffee is the color of her skin. Yes. And then you got to do the Roy Ayers playing the vibes. Yeah. Right. Um, the soundtrack of this movie is annoying. Oh my god! I'm stopping the episode and leaving. This, this soundtrack, like I think Roy Ayers either found these tracks like underneath a stack of magazines in his house and said, "Oh yeah, I can use these." This is legitimately the most wrong-headed thing that you've said. In over a year of us doing this, I really, I 
like that whole coffee is the cu- that was so annoying. oh my it, it just, god every piece of music in this movie got on my nerves and took away from the film it does nothing for the film i disagree with you feel free but you're wrong no you're wrong because not only is the music it doesn't show any type of originality oh or God. or energy the lyrics are nothing coffee oh. is the color of skin okay let's, and then they just repeat it okay let's talk about on the movie. and on and on i think talk he only about wrote the three lyrics in please this, entire, this is this, this entire i can't even be a party to this level coffee of is the color coffee sauna don't get me started on coffee baby because all the, all he does is that D.D. Bridgewater just I was about to say, are game. you going to disrespect D.D. Bridgewater now, too? I love D.D. Bridgewater, but she's given nothing to this do. This is, okay, well, what would you think about the movie? Because this 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 is a non-starter, okay, this so conversation. I did not like this con- this soundtrack. And I was looking forward to it you when I see that Roy's Ayers did the sound. about the music. I'm looking, because I like Roy Ayers. Okay. I enjoy myself some Roy Ayers. I don't enjoy him doing. Coffee. All right, all right. I disagree. I mean, I think he was looking for his shaft moment, and he oh. he he missed. He missed. He missed way left. Right. I like the soundtrack better than the shaft soundtrack. Maybe so, but the shaft soundtrack, it like that 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 one tune. Yes, is iconic in shaft. You don't need anything else. There's nothing iconic about the about coffee. <sighs> Go ahead. Nothing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so we got that out of the yes. Way. The movie, yes. However, yes, is a hoot. Okay, I enjoyed this movie. Okay, so very much, um, and I enjoy it because, like you say, on a lot of these these films, and especially the films of this era, it looks like the people are having a good time. Okay. Yeah, it looks like they are having a good time. It looks like Pam Greer, plucked from virtual obscurity. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Given the opportunity to be the lead in a film, Mm -hmm. does whatever she has to do to show you that I am worthy of the spotlight they have shined on me. And I'm not saying about you know like yeah, there's more than a few scenes where her figure is right, right. Given it's just, and we have to address that. To shine. You know, we have to address yeah. that. There's more than a few, um, and some of them very, you know, gratuitous. Um, however, she is giving her all from an acting point of view. Mm-hmm. She is legitimately carrying this film on her back, saying, "Ride with me, and I will take you on a fun <laughs> ride to the end of this film, ladies right, and gentlemen." Right, and she does from the very beginning of the movie yeah when the movie starts out she's she's like playing these two dudes like i'm like y'all can't see what's coming right I right what this i didn't see my man's face was gonna get blasted off <laughs> right <laughs> welcome to coffee <laughs> okay i'm in coffee's been on for two minutes <laughs> i am in this joint, yeah, man. yeah this movie it, it was really Really, just uh, a whole lot of fun. the The storyline, let's face it, it's 
it's run of the mill. It's paint by the numbers. Sure, you know, chick's going to get a get a revenge about these these drug dealers that did you know got her sister all hung up, right? Strung out now in 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 a rehab center. You know, um, she has like this the the uh, typical good guy who wants to be her boyfriend, right? Uh, who. And I think they say they used to date. They used to at, yeah, at some like, point. You know, yeah. what, what happened, baby? Right, right, right. Um, and he takes his lumps. Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jackie's Neal and Edgar Montplacier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top Fives like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh. What's the best way to eat a taco? That's with your hands? With your hands. Also, with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. You know, for yes, he does. Oh, he takes some major lumps. Mm-hmm. He makes so, so much lumps, he gets lumped out of the movie. Yeah. Like, I forgot. I was like, "Where is dude?" Yeah, like, I'm just expecting him at least be mentioned again. Right, right. No, he's like all strapped up. I mean, like he's like his arms in the sling, his legs in the sling. Um, you've got the the politician who you can tell is shady. You know. Uh, that she is dating, you can tell he's one hundred percent shady. If you can't tell he's shady just by his look, right? By his slick back afro, yeah, his big glasses, then you shouldn't be telling he's shady because he has breasts larger than pants. Oh, wear. come on, stop! So that's just- it's nineteen seventy three. There was no gym. <laughs> there, were, there was Char- if Charles Atlas. <laughs> if if um who was my man who was my man uh, Jack Lalane yeah. Jack Lalane could hey, find a hey hey <laughs> hey this shrimp cocktail is not going to eat itself okay <laughs> I got shrimp cocktail and margaritas at eleven I can't I can't with you you, you know we talked about this before probably enough with Chris Pond you know it's nineteen seventy three men ate steak yes and ham. <laughs> And cream spinach. Yes, cream spinach. And boiler makers. All right, I'm a man. All right. Autumn calisthenics and stuff. I ain't got time for that. Man. But hey, God bless him. I mean, <laughs> you know, you couldn't tell him he wasn't hey, the sexiest man walking. You know what I mean? Um, and then my man. I've I've got to give a pound to my man because I've never you know you will never see Robert Duquet <laughs> in a role, <laughs> yeah, quite like King George again because he's a character actor that shows up all the time. King George, I mean, he's a pimp. He's a player. You you ain't like that song either. You ain't like King George's song. Can can you guess why? No, it's fantastic. It matches him perfectly when he gets out of the car. It matches him 
perfectly. Yes, he says what he is. He, you can already. See. But it's a ridiculous song, and he's a ridiculous figure. Okay, all right, but the movie doesn't want you to necessarily play. It's not being played for laughs. I think you're supposed to think he's ridiculous. No, no, I don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. I think you're supposed to play. You're supposed to see him as as pimps were rolling back in that day, and I know pimps were rolling back in that day because that's in the days that. Some a member of my family was a pimp, and I've seen his wardrobe. So I know that. It's I don't think rolled. it's about the wardrobe. I don't want to go too far on the King Joe because I have a theory. Like, like, and you think about the pimps, mm-hmm. the the um cinematic pimps. Okay, you got priests from Superfly. Yes, wears the same kind of ridiculous clothes. Yes, but he pulls it off. Yes, because he's so cool. Yes, Goldie in the Mac. Yes, same thing. Max Julian. Pulls it off, yes, because he's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, even um, Willie Dynamite, and I forget the actor's name who plays Willie Dynamite. Oh, because he was on Sesame Street. Yeah, um, but he pulls it off because right. he's so cool. Like it's funny that you mentioned um, her boyfriend's physique. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's a more apt critique of King George. No. Like they have that wonderful scene where where she disrobes and and Pam Greer is is like a statue. Like she's just beautiful, and then he's taking off his stuff. Yeah, that's true. And he's you know, but but for but for, and I think that's deliberate. I think that is for, deliberate. But I also think that for like you say, nineteen seventy three, he is a guy that's in relatively good shape, <laughs> as opposed to the other I guy. Mean, he's no priest and superfly, and he's no Max Julian. Like like and oh, and, okay, and this enough. is not the dude that's the star of the movie. Fair enough. So they could have found a dude. Fair enough. Who kind of pulled this outfit off? Fair enough. And they didn't. They they didn't. All right. Fair Go enough. ahead. I mean, fair enough because they could have mm. got my man from um they could have got my man from Sparkle. They could have got my man from Sparkle. Yeah, I mean, you know, we love him so much. I don't know what um Calvin Lockhart is doing in 1973. I'm just saying you could have found someone. Like I think the thing I think there's a very right. political Fair enough. Okay, go ahead. Fair enough. Anyway, I just I just really enjoy this movie. Yeah. But also 1973 is early on in the black exploitation era, mm-hmm. right? Very early on. Yeah. And in uh, Jack Hill, you have a more than competent director. Yes. And as thin as the storyline is, as questionably absurd as some of the, the, the settings and trappings of the film are. Okay. In the hands of of a credible director such as this, this is what you can get. Yeah. A movie oh, yeah. That, is, that is, it's unquestionably, it's a black film. Oh, yeah. You know, it it's steeped in the blackness of the time. Yes. You know, unapologetically so. Yet, a reasonably well-crafted film. Right. Because there were times along the line while I'm watching this film, I'm like, Okay, what's going what's going to happen here? I honestly didn't see once once they they capture coffee and they take her out to maybe like get her high or stuff like that. Right, right, right. For some reason that switch 
I didn't see happen. I saw like there going to be some big shootout in the in the house. Right, right, right. And it, it took that was a su- surprising turn for me. Not yeah, greatly surprised. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like M Night Shyamalan. Right. But for those type of films, you know, that was like, oh, didn't see that coming. Yeah, you know. Oh, yeah. And I and I like how they handled it. You know, I I like that it boiled down to her against her. It, the politician, yes, not against yes, her the, boyfriend, right? The 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 man. It's not. It's not. It's that. not her taking down Mister Big. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, I have to do. The, I have to do a disclaimer because because you know I don't want to be a hypocrite. I hate people who champion, um, Gone with the Wind or Birth of a Nation, and they basically say that the the rampant racism in it is is not a deal breaker. Like the racism isn't a deal breaker, so therefore I'm going to focus on this other stuff. Okay. And I've talked about that on this podcast and I've talked about it for years. Mm-hmm. And I think when we use a word like exploitation okay. and something be being exploitive. Right. I think this is a very good example of it. As we said, Pam Greer's at the beginning of her career. Pam Greer doesn't have as much power in say as she will later on yes. as she goes on her career. And there's no other way to say it. Like you, 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 you said gratuitous. And I think gratuitous is, is a nice word for it. It's exploitation. Like the way they disrobe her on damn near every scene mm-hmm. is, is it's a lot. It's a lot and it's unnecessary. And I can understand someone arguing that because of all of that, that is a deal breaker for coffee. Okay. And perhaps it is my maleness that I don't find it a deal breaker. Mm -hmm. But if someone thinks that's a deal breaker, I I can, I definitely get it. And if you think I'm being a hypocrite, I, I get that too. Having said that, I think this is a really interesting movie. I think this is a much more interesting movie than I've ever given it credit for, frankly. And I watched it today, and 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 just to start where where you said about you know she's not taking out Mister Big at the end. I love the fact that Coffee is not a superhero, right? Like like the Coffee takes her lumps. Coffee is not in the tradition of Shaft mm-hmm. or or Cleopatra Jones. I was about to say or Cleopatra. Cleopatra Jones is clearly like like she's the super right. Guy. Like Coffee. And and I love the fact that when the film starts, mm-hmm. Coffee is already doing her thing. Yeah, like you know, her sister OD. She's on a mission. She kills the person that gave her the drugs. Right. She kills the actual dealer. Yeah. And there the are running. And there are repercussions to that. Yeah. Because she has flashbacks of it, and you know, as you said, throughout the movie, she takes her lumps. She does all this stuff, and at the end, like. This is one of my favorite endings of a, a movie from this period where, you know, she kills her boyfriend because, you know, he's a hypocrite yeah. and everything that goes along with that. But this isn't a case of, again, back to Cleopatra Jones or any of these films where where this hero is now going off to have more adventures. Right. Like she is dispirited. She is disillusioned. You know, in the last shot, it's her just sort of on the beach. Yeah. And you don't know what's, what's going to happen from here. And I thought that was really interesting, like a really interesting sort of of perspective at this moment yeah. where we are setting up these black characters as being larger than life. Yes. Um, I love the fact that that there is no good and evil like like there are no 
I mean, frankly, you know, her her um Carter, who who you know ends up getting you know is the policeman who ends up getting basically um Mollywop, yeah, Mollywop. He's in the hospital. He's really the only moral person in the film. Yeah, like you know, like the the film goes out of its way to say that you know the politicians are in on it, the government is in on it, the police are like everybody yeah. is in on this, and it's all because of money. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a very sophisticated way to look at drugs at yeah. this moment. Like, you you know, what I just said about Carter being the moral voice. Mm-hmm. Like, at one point, you know, because, again, like, I, you know, she's having flashbacks to killing this guy and is sort of grappling with the morality of murder. And she says to him, don't you think that if someone gave your loved ones drugs that it would be right to kill them? Right. And he says, yeah, but where does that stop? Like, like, what good is it to kill a drug dealer that's trying to make money for his own habit? Exactly. And then how far are you going to go? You just keep going and you end up murdering a farmer in Turkey. Right. And I was like, wow, this is this is a really sophisticated way to talk about that. Like, we didn't talk about that. And we don't talk about drugs like that, except right now where suburban kids are in the midst of an opiate crisis. And think about it. It's 1973. And they're having that conversation in the car. When yeah. Having it. And the dialogue is such that it still comes off relatively naturalistic. Yeah. As a conversation. Yeah. Not like, not like, oh, we're, we're uh, inputting this PSA right here in the middle of our film. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Another thing I forgot that I think it's worth, you know, like everything I just said about it being exploitative as far as with her in the nudity, which I think it is. I think it's worth noting she is this is not a rape revenge film no. like you get from this period. You know, this isn't a I spit on your grave situation. Mm-hmm. She's getting revenge for her sister. She's getting revenge for then Carter. And for someone who is so amazingly sexualized, I think it's notable the lack of like sexiness in the film. Like like she she has sex with her boyfriend the one time. The implication is that she has sex with King George yeah. because it cuts out before you see them in bed. But the only time you actually see her having sex is with her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something like there's a whole vein of criticism that kind of kind of positions this as a feminist film. And, you know, I don't know. Like I said, I think a lot of this is dependent on on how comfortable you are with the gratuitous nudity as you said but i think it should be be pointed out though also that while she disrobes quite a bit in there there's there's a fair amount of male nudity in this movie as well yeah but i mean come on well there still is though i I think how many times is it not it's just the woman. Yeah. So I think it's fair to, I mean, it's worth at least pointing that out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and then just to piggyback what you said, I do think in the midst of all of this going on, it's a good time. Yeah. It's a good time. I actually wrote at one point, um, coffee goes undercover mm. as mystique. Yeah. <laughs> the Jamaican escort. And I put <laughs> coffee's Jamaican accent is a delight. Yes, because her accent really just consists of her speaking regularly, and then at the end of everything she says, she says "mon," pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. Which I thought, and I also like. Let me see, because I put an exclamation mark next to it. Also, like Harriet, the lady pimp. 
Oh, yeah. Where she goes to interrogate a, a former um, patient because she's a nurse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the former patient was a prostitute, but now she has traded managers and is Harriet the Lady Pimp. That she's that's the only fight that coffee runs from. Yeah, in the movie. Like, coffee beats up non women, two policemen, and uh Sid Haig. But Harriet the Lady Pimp, she runs from her. Yeah, I'm good with that. I'm out. Thank you. So yeah, I like this a lot. I actually like this much more than I thought I was going to. Like I've never you, you know, again, it's part of the reason I love doing this. Mm-hmm. Like this is the first time I've watched it. Like watched yeah, it, yeah, yeah. you know. Really I had a, like, like a cup of coffee and, and, and a notebook and was watching it. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean, there's uh, not too much more I can really say about this movie. I will say this though, that um, and I'd really need to see Foxy Brown again because mm-hmm. coffee I've seen a, a few times, mm-hmm. but Foxy Brown I'm. Fairly certain I've only seen once. It's got like the same plot. That's right. the other thing. It's right. like the same plot for both movies. Um, but I'm curious if her character in in Foxy is as well defined as it is in Coffee. And I seem to remember, even though I know it's similar to the same plot, I seem to remember that it's not quite as I don't think it, she is with, with not as much nuance right you know what I mean and 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 I don't think that it's until and you'll correct me if I'm wrong it's until she shows up in Quentin Tarantino's Jackie Brown mm-hmm. where you see Pam Greer being given truly the opportunity right to flex her muscles her acting her muscles, a- as an actor as as much um, as she does in coffee, un, 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 all the way up until Jackie Brown, and was that yeah. that's two thousand? Yeah, I mean, she doesn't have a whole lot to do in Grease Lightning oh, as Richard yes. Pryor's wife, that's... but I like her in Grease Lightning, and okay. and, and you know, even if, even if you argue that part of why they're so good together is because they're dating in real life, mm-hmm. the fact that she could bring that intimacy and and that sort of love to the screen. Yeah, says something about her ability. Yeah, that's so true. so I liked her in Grease Lightning, but besides Grease, Grease Lightning, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. What I thought you were going to say is, I think as the films go on, like she goes from this to Foxy Brown, and then um, I think Sheba Baby is after that, and then finally you have Friday Foster. Right, she becomes more and more of a superhero. Yes, yes. And by the end, by the end, she is right. She's Cleopatra Jones, right? Like, like an, an impenetrable, exactly. exactly. Like like Friday Foster, I believe she's a journalist, but Sheba Baby, she's actually a private detective, right? That you know, and you know, it's sort of like what happens. Uh, you know, speaking of old episodes, it, it's what happens with Bill Cosby and Sidney Poitier in their films. Yes, like by the time you know you start with 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 uptown saturday, saturday night. night but by the time you get to a piece of the action yeah they're the, the superheroes that they were critiquing in uptown saturday night right and you know i don't know if, if, if that's the case of of you know back to pam greer just her getting more more agency as far as how this role is going to be because the nudity also lessens up as well yes like i don't think she takes her clothes her top off at all in friday foster no, friday foster she's not yeah right. so 
you know, there's that. Like, coffee really is, you know, again, like I have to say, I was I was genuinely surprised by the time coffee went off, mm-hmm. how much I, you know, genuinely enjoyed it. Yeah, I yeah. really did. I mean, like, there's... I mean, it's it's a movie of its time. Yeah, and 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 she's this is the beginning of her acting career, so yeah. she's she doesn't give the best acting performance, right? But, but you can see it. Oh yeah, you can see it. You can see it. If nothing, like I say, if you, it may not be the best acting performance, but the charisma, yeah, the 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 Pam Greerness of it all, yeah, is there for the is it's right, it's all right there. She's a star. Yeah, like she's a star. She hits the ground running. Yeah. She's a star. Boom, ready. You know, ready for my close up. Yeah, and and kills it. Yeah, she really does. Um, if I may be a man for a moment, though. I mean, I'm just going to be a man for. I a mean, moment. what are we? I mean, what are we? What are we? I mean, we're at, what, what are we at? We're the we, scene I mean, that you I mean, mentioned. I mean, by, by my clock, we're at 54 minutes. So I think we've, I think we've been quite admirable. Yes. The scene where she is with King George. Yes. And she does disrobe. Yes. Like nobody rips something off of her. Right. Which happens a lot. She actually takes her clothes off. With her back to you. With with her back to you. Which is significant. Yes. Because, you know, when you think about Pam Greer, you think about her breasts. Even though you can still, you got side Side boobage there. Well, you know, to paraphrase most deaf, they so big you can see him from the back. And yes. That scene has been on repeat in my mind. And I watched this for last week. Yeah. Yeah. It's been on my on repeat for ten days. You know, again. I'm very uncomfortable with how much they kind of put her in this position to take her clothes off. Yes. But she, I mean, she's a voluptuous woman. I mean, there's no, there's no way around it. Like it's no, and, and she's an, she was an amazing looking woman. She She, really, I mean, she is. Pam Greer is beautiful right now. Obviously she's beautiful right now, but I'm saying at this moment, it is easy to see why it, it, every it, man. It is a. It is. It, it is amazing Pam that Pam Greer existed at this moment in the culture. Yeah, like it's amazing. It is. You know. So it is because I think because you think about it, Cleopatra Jones. That's um, Tamara uh, Dobson. Tamara, Tamara Dobson, gorgeous woman. Absolutely gorgeous woman. Right, you think of all the women that are in the Bill Cosby movies. Yeah, yeah. You think about your girl Lynette McKee. Hey, man, Denise Nichols, Lynette McKee, Brenda Sykes, all of them. Think about them all, man. Judy Pace. Don't hey hey. You know I'll sit over here and start naming all my '70s sisters. That's fine, and you can even go a little bit later into the '70s, and you can go to a forgotten sex symbol of that time, um, Jacqueline Kennedy. Jacqueline Kennedy, Jack, uh, Jane Kennedy, Jane Kennedy, yeah, Jane Kennedy, Jacqueline Kennedy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jane Kennedy, yeah, yeah, because you think about her in the eighties, but yeah, yeah. they can't touch Pam Greer. Pam Greer is amazing. Pam Greer, Pam Greer. I'm going to put it right now. I'm going to say it right now. Pam Greer 
may be iconically, you know, they talk about all these iconic beauties. Sure. Mar- Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Um, Sophia Loren, mm-hmm. definitely an iconic beauty. Pam Greer may have been and still is one of the 10 finest women to have walked this. I don't, I don't even think that's controversial at all. Yeah. The, the funny thing is, like I was thinking about Grease Lightning because it's kind of like, you know, I was thinking about her in the film and I always remember her in Grease Lightning because, you know, she's like a housewife and they mm-hmm. have her in like the, the movie housewife yeah. clothes and, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like this little dowdy dress and mm-hmm. she's like making bacon in, in, in the kitchen. Drop dead gorgeous. Yes. Like she's actually drop dead Can you imagine gorgeous. coming downstairs and having Pam Grier in your kitchen making bacon? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That was easy. <laughs> but you you know, I I, I do I, I do like I've I've heard interviews with Pam Greer. Like I don't know if Pam Greer's ever written a book. I'd love for her to write a book because I know she pushed a struggled with that. Yes. And you know, and as we just said, if you look at the 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 sort of arc of her career at this moment where so much of the film so much of the film's plot even because even the plot of of this film like so much of coffee her getting out of tight spots and her kind of dealing with things is her using her using her sexuality yeah and these men make these decisions and pam greer is one of the few women that i think physically could pull it off where you see these women say oh it's a shame that something something that you have to kill me or keep me tied up because we could have a good time yeah. and then the dude always untouched is like why would you do that mm-hmm. but it's like dude pam greer right and it's like you completely see it but at the same time you can almost sense her wanting to say that I'm more than these big boobs. Yeah. So true. Very you know. True. But yeah, she's fine. Yeah. Pam Greer. She's getting an opportunity to do that now. She's getting more and more, you know, roles now. Yeah, I didn't watch a lot of the L word, but but she was good on that. Yeah, she was good. Yeah, she, she was, was good, good on, on that. Word. And I've seen her creep up on a couple of uh T V series. Yeah. Uh since since then. So she's getting you know, she's gonna and and how many people have something like Jackie Brown in, in and there? Jackie too? Brown's my second favorite Tarantino movie. That was a great Love movie. Jackie Brown. That was a, and that and that's a lot of people's favorite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, movie. I'm a Django man. I know. I'm not a Django man. I, I I'm a Reservoir Dogs man. Oh, I, I love. Think Reservoir. I think it's a bunch of stuff. Ben Reservoir Dogs. I love Reservoir Dogs. It's good though. Django. Django. I like Django's just a little bit too long. Django's Django gets to a point where I'm like, all right, I'm done. Well, it's kind of like Wonder Woman. By the time it gets to the point that it's going long, it's built up so much goodwill with me. Yeah. That I'm just along for the ride. Yeah, but unlike Wonder Woman, which by the time you get to that, there's maybe 10 minutes left. At Django, there's still a whole nother movie. I have a whole I have a whole theory about that. And we're going to do Django because yes, Django will. obviously I think is a black film. But I have a whole theory about that. And the quick the 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 one sentence theory is Django had to get his own freedom. So it's one thing for old boy to buy him mm-hmm. and, and and grant him his freedom, and then he kind of becomes Django mm-hmm. under his tutelage. But for him to actually be a free man, a free man doesn't buy his freedom. A free man takes his freedom. 
so that Django has to take his freedom. So that second movie that you're talking, because I know the exact part where you're talking about, because it's it's a it's a clear break. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying that clear break has to be there because Django has to take his freedom. Okay. And you kind of start with him naked, hanging up, and scene by scene, he puts on clothes, he gets his gun, he does all that, and so that by the end, he's actually Django, the free man. Fair enough. That was my one sentence that didn't turn into eight sentences. But he could have he split it into two he, movies. He could have just split it into two he movies. He did it before. I know. I know. But coffee, would, coffee. You, would you recommend coffee? I would, I would recommend it in a heartbeat. Yeah. It's a fun movie. It's a good time at the movie theater. Uh, movie theater. I this was a, this is a film that I will be interested. In. And here's a here's a, my question. Uh, I will probably put out another question as well. Um, but here's my question to some of our our, our lady missionaries. Yes, there. yes, absolutely. Because um, I actually would like to hear from. I would. You about I, I this. would want to hear their their viewpoints yeah. on on coffee. Yeah, you know? I, I I would be interested in, in that. Because, like I said, I'm I'm a true hardliner mm-hmm. about Gone with the Wind as racist propaganda. So I don't want to hear anything about it. There's some. There's not a lot of movies where the racism. I give it a pass. There's not a lot. I I think only because now upon re- recent watchings that that it um it stands out to me. Uh, oh God! And I just and I talked about the movie with you before with Andy Griffith. Uh, oh, facing the crowd, facing the crowd. Yeah, like there's a couple of scenes there where it it it, it, it like oh wow I see that, but it's, it's not racism there. It's just it's their depiction of the times. Right, right, you know? right. So right. it's not really racism. Right. Well, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, I really am talking about this is propaganda. Like mm-hmm. we are trying to retell. A story like we're trying to tell a lie to replace the truth to make yeah. us look better. That would be a good binge lounge to talk about some movies and and media that do that. Sure, you know? yeah that that would be a very good topic to explore because there's more than a few, like you say. Yeah, man. absolutely. And and the going with the wind that is one that like I I can't get around. I can't right get right. into that movie. And but I can I understand people. and I've talked to people before. About this, I don't know if my wife and I have talked about coffee specifically. I know, I know, Wendy's little finds Pam Greer's career problematic. I don't know if we talked about coffee specifically, but I don't know if I'm doing that with this. Like, I feel like I'm, I could possibly be doing that with coffee. Mm-hmm. So I would like to hear, yeah, you know, frankly, a woman, a woman's point of view, point of view, yeah about coffee and and the nudity and the politics of the nudity and you know how ex- exploitative it is mm-hmm. and if it, is it so much that it's a deal breaker right like is it a deal breaker cuz you know I'm with you I think I think this is a really really interesting dare I say good movie yeah like I I'm, I'm I think I'm going to say it's a good movie it's a good and movie and, not not like like good as in like wow this is a superbly crafted right. film but it's a good movie. It's a good. I, I think it's a lot of interesting lot of things going on in here. And like I said, Coffee the character. Like I think Coffee the character might be one of the more interesting characters out of this moment. Yeah. You know, as a black protagonist. So there you go. I guess I'm recommending it. There you go. Um, next week. On the Michelle mission. Yes. You have been waiting for this. I have been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this. We are doing 
Academy Award-winning Best Picture of 2016, Barry Jenkins' sophomore effort, The Sublime Moonlight. That will be next week here on the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, Every Black Film Ever Made, where you can hear on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and every good place that podcasts be, including as a radio show at 8 p.m. on WPPM LP 106.5 FM here in Philadelphia, where in two weeks, ladies and gentlemen, the Michelle Mission for the first time will be heard as a live radio show. Uh-oh. We are going to do the show live on Wednesday, June 23rd. No, June 22. June 22. Wednesday, June 22nd, 8 p.m. The Michelle Mission will be a live radio broadcast coming your way. We we're lining up something very special. It's all part of WPPM's Fund Drive. Uh, in case you weren't aware of it, WPPM, People Power Media, is powered by the people, but it's funded by grassroots efforts. I know that's such right. Such as this Fund Drive. Um, so we're going to be looking for all of our Michelle missionaries at that time to contact us. There will be uh, a special phone line set up, and hopefully you will feel moved to donate a couple of shekels towards their radio station to help them um, maintain their operating operating for another year and to do something special for that we are going to do our first live broadcast on wednesday june 22nd at 8 p.m eastern standard time and we are lining up a very very special guest um who has 80 percent of the way confirmed so i can't announce it yet no i won't be able to announce it until after the next week so hopefully every keep your fingers crossed that everything goes great and we'll be able to announce is it rerun from what's happening rerun from what's happening i believe passed away sometime so wouldn't he be a special guest he would be a very very special guest He'll be Plan B. <laughs> so Plan B will be rerun. From what's happening. From you have what's to say, happening. that's his entire title. Rerun from what's happening. Rerun. This is Freddie Stubbs. What's his yeah, name? it's Freddie. Yeah. Freddie Stubbs. Freddie rerun, re-run Stubbs, Stubbs. Yeah. from uh, what's happening. Yes. Well, it's Plan B. <laughs> if we can't book. So if you're listening, very special guests. Don't say, hey, I want to listen to Rerun. No, we want to listen to you. So so uh, like, let's see if we can't lock this down. All right, we got to get out of here. Um, email us at mission at gmail.com. Find us and like us and, and follow us on Facebook at Mission or on Twitter at Mission Michelle. You can also follow us on Instagram, where on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, we'll be asking a question of the day. We asked a, uh, kind of a question of the day, asking our lady missionaries to tell us what they think of coffee or Pam Greer. Your thoughts on Pam Greer's career, if you're a follower, follower of her career. Um do we have a question of the a more more general question of the day that we want to ask our Michelle missionaries, Vincenza? What's your favorite black movie soundtrack? <laughs>
Yeah. Yeah, I w- I'd be interested if anybody says coffee. I don't, I'm willing to bet no one's going to say Can't coffee. even begin no to talk No one is with going you. to say coffee. I bet you someone is going to say, because first of all. say coffee now, it's white. No, some DJs are going to say coffee. No, they're not. They're going to say right. they've mixed coffee, but it's not their favorite soundtrack. They're going to say even, New Jersey Drive. I can't even begin. Let's just go. I can't even with you in this right now. Coffee is the color. Don't do that because you're doing it disrespectfully. It's the only lyric. See, I see, see. I don't like that. For this don't do that. For this don't do that. Don't do that to Roy Ayers. He's an American treasure. Come on, come on. Let's 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 go ahead and good. Come on. I don't like this. I'm Len. Next time we say, <laughs> I don't like that. In parting, we say we'll see you when it's time to meet again. But I don't. I, I wasn't part of that. <laughs> we'll see you when it's time to meet again. <laughs> It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.